Welcome to Adventures in Evaluation Podcast with James Coyle and Kylie Hutchinson. Hi everybody, my name is James Coyle. I'm an internal evaluator in a large regional health authority. And I'm Kylie Hutchinson. I'm an external evaluator currently working for six months as an internal evaluator in Africa. And together we are Adventures in Evaluation Podcast. Today we so, are we are joined by a special guest, Kylie's Cricket. I can hear it in the background. <laughs> cricket. Yeah, yeah, crickets are nice, yeah. So, Mr. Coyle. Yes. What's going on? What's going on with you this week? Well, uh, we have just entered the uh, crazy month of uh, of March, and so uh, a couple things are, are good about March. It is uh, starting to warm up here. It's uh, spring outside. In fact, I think I even heard birds this morning. Uh, but as you know, the end of March brings the uh, end of most uh, people's fiscal years. And uh, what comes with that? Deadlines. Good times. March madness. Do you experience March madness there or no? Uh, you know, I, I can't really kind of speak for the field of m and &E in general because this has only been my first March, but I thought I was kind of doing really well. And then we got a, well, we've got word that there's a big $3 million grant about to be plunked on us, which, um, you know, overall is a good thing, but that all of a sudden means that um, I'm not going to be able to have a smooth ride getting out of here. I wrap up here at the end of March and, and go back to Canada. And uh, so it looks like I'm going to have my own little bit of, of March madness. But um, yeah, generally, how has yours been? I mean, do you experience, I know as an external consultant, March madness actually wasn't March madness. It started January for mm -hmm. sure. And uh, the phone would start ringing and uh, I mean, there's a few really lovely, <laughs> lovely, very sweet clients that would call, you know, March 15th <laughs> saying, oh, we've got some money. Can you do this for us? And I'd have to kind of educate them and say, you know, we really should have been talking about this in January. But um, yeah, where yeah. were you? Where were you four months ago? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take a number. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you kind of experience the same thing in as an internal? Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I work in a Canadian, uh, you know, public uh, service uh, type agency in healthcare. So our fiscal year ends March uh, 31st. And so uh, a lot of times you can't carry monies over, which uh, colleagues of mine this week were, you know, again, bemoaning, saying, you know, that's so silly. Money has to end, can't carry it over. What if we're behind in a project? I think similarly, the, the madness starts December, January for me where people do say, hey, I've got a little bit of money, what can I get for it? And yeah. most of the times, you know, these days, I've sort of, you know, um, still tried to turn a pig's ear into a silk purse, as uh, someone used to say, and um, trying to innovate or bring a new staff, you know, uh, into the fold or try a new uh, consultant out and, you know, see how their work is. But a lot of times, it's just not worth the effort. And if there's a a real deadline for you know the end of March a lot of times you know have to wonder are we going to get any real useful work done but um, mm -hmm. even if we don't have these last-minute requests which we do try and accommodate um, we always have deadlines you know for for programs or projects we've been working on for for quite some time so it is busy and in fact I was thinking that um, in the last 10 years or so I think on three occasions 
I have not gone away with my family on some great trip that they, you know, they put together for, um, you know, March uh, or, or, or spring break that happens in March. Because a lot of people right. travel, right? Right. And I feel that for us, being the end of the line a lot of times for evaluation, which we maybe shouldn't be, our deadlines being March don't really allow me to travel. So I remember one year I said to hell with it and left the work with my, my team and tried to prep them for it because I wasn't missing a trip to Ecuador. But I've given a pass to a couple trips to Hawaii. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's a kind of a bummer, really. Yeah, it is. We're kind of like accountants in that respect with... Um April and and it never bothered me before but now I've got a kid in in public school as well and all of a sudden March break so, yeah it's a bit of a it's a bit of a joke I'm kind of up to my eyeballs and I'm scrambling to find you know something for this kid to do for a week do you find though that uh, here's the irony where I've started to maybe wake up and try and plan differently or adjust expectations differently is that you know, you're an evaluator, and in the last month, you're having to get a lot of work done, and you're wanting to have a participatory approach and run stuff by your colleagues. And you call them, and you find that they haven't told you this, but they're away on vacation. <laughs> you no, know? I haven't had that. Yeah, yeah so suddenly yeah. I'm thinking, geez, like, who's the idiot here, you know, who's sticking around, planning to, <laughs> you know, do the timelines, and then the director of the program's off, you know, enjoying themselves. Oh, yeah, right. So I've, act right. I've actually actively, where possible, tried to get most of the reports that are really needed meaningful done by January or February yeah. at the latest because the other reason is a lot of times that is a better fit with the planning and budget cycle for next year anyway. Yeah, so true. So true. There's no yeah. point in screaming in with a report on March 31st because they've made – they've already – like made all the important decisions already. Haven't yeah, they, they, ha they have. I, I, I don't think I could ever have wriggled out of it. And I still see friends struggle with that with federal funding. Um, that seems yeah. to be a hard and fast problem. But in our health authority, we've, we've tried to back it up a little bit to make it a bit more manageable. You know, I found that my March madness really um, nowadays is, is, is it starts in January and I'd say probably by the end of January, I'm, you know, I'm full. I'm absolutely full. There's no way I can take anything on. And then when those calls come in March, I'm generally referring them off to other people or I'm educating the client saying, you know, it's way too, it's way too late. Right. I know I, I'll squeeze, if I'm going to do a strategic planning or something on a Saturday, I'll do it in March. That's the only time of the year that I'll, you know, squeeze them in. When I'm doing the educating of the client who is calling at the last minute, I think a lot of people don't realize when they're looking for evaluators and they're looking for contractors that really your good evaluators are booked at least two to three months in advance. And um, to just kind of get people starting to know that, that you can't just kind of pick up the phone and decide – I want you because you is is usually not available, and that comes as a shock for for some people until they start working with contractors more um, to learn that. So let's talk a bit about you know some of the spillover effects of this mm -hmm. you know March Madness, and you know I mean one of them is is stress, um, you know, and uh, you know the pressure of deadlines, and sometimes people feel kind of isolated. Um, you know, uh, people stop eating with their family, uh, <laughs> forget to go to hockey, you know, practice or games, uh, you know, yeah. what are some of the things that, um, you know, that you do to kind of manage that? 
that 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 man that that madness yourself you know obviously you know you've talked about educating your clients but how do you how do you manage that oh well i'll tell you one thing that i do and again it is kind of with the clients but sometimes when somebody's pleading with me to take something on and it may be february or whatever i'll say you know i can do this but i cannot do a full report for you I'll do a two-page summary, right. and then I'll tell them, you know, why that's the way things are moving, anyways, and all the benefits of, of doing that. And so that's been actually a bit of a positive. Well, people kind of think about it and say, oh, well, yeah, that'd be okay. Well, it's a terrible thing to say no, isn't it? I mean, uh, it reminds me of someone who used to work in my organization who was famous for saying, you know, never say no, um, but sometimes you have to say, I can't get there from here. You know, our listeners might not know, but we we have arranged to have a an episode with Gail Barrington as a guest coming right. up and she's a real kind of expert on being uh, an evaluation consultant. But yeah, that always does kind of hang over your head. Don't say no. I think when I first started working for myself, I took everything and, you know, <laughs> myself an early grave. And now that I got a family and everything, I just, Sometimes they're really hard to, to turn down, but you have to. I mean, really, January, February, March are just so predictably busy for everybody that, um, you know. Now, here's the tip, though. If you're, if you're new to evaluation and you're really looking to, you know, get some contracts or break in, then uh, I, know, I know several people that I've sent work to. And, you know, they're the only ones who are available to take it on because they're new and uh, they've really got their start that way. So for some of us, it's kind of, you know, a negative. But for others, if you're kind of poised and I would say, you know, if you're in a certain city and, and you're starting to make connections and you and you want to get contracts, then around December, early January to start making those connections with other consultants is a great time because chances are they will be passing on work, won't they? Yeah. So what do you do to manage the stress? I mean, do you do yoga? Do you go running? Do you hang upside down on a, you know, a gravity machine? <laughs> I don't know. Because, uh... <laughs> you know, I I had this very conversation with colleagues this week. What do you do? Week. Okay. Well, oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. And, you know, they were all, I mean, most of them are in federal, um, you know, uh, types of gigs um, or they, you know, consult for federal, uh, you know, uh, projects. And so they were really saying just how busy they are and how they can't even think beyond, you know, April 1st. And that April 1st, you know, the fool's day, or, I mean, they should wake up and everything's boom. It's 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 back to normal. Um, and they'd say, yeah, you know, basically whatever I got to do, do not get sick. This is the month not to get sick. In April, I can get <laughs> yeah. sick. And that, that kind of spawned the conversation around, well, what do you do? And, you know, it's really not yeah. about program evaluation, but it's about, you know, the bigger picture. And that is you got to eat healthy. You got to get your sleep. Uh, you got to do some physical exercise and you need to protect or schedule those times, you know, uh, with your supports and your family and your friends uh, and come hell or high water, make sure that you have something to look forward to. That's not just a deadline. And I mean, that's that applies to so much in life. But it's easy for a lot of us as evaluators who get swept up in this end of year to forget it. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, what do I do? Yeah. You know, cross-country skiing, you know, the snow is beginning to melt here. But it's get outside, enjoy some of the spring weather, and, and it's it's warming up. 
um, you know, make sure I do have, uh, you know, some, some get togethers with friends and, uh, get to the gym and, and try and, you know, watch, uh, that I, I get my good eight hours of sleep. Well, you know, it makes me think of, you know, Sandra Selleck, she lives in Kelowna with yeah. you and she's, yeah. um, very involved with the Canadian Evaluation Society. And, uh, I forget the year that we had the CES conference in Victoria, I threw my back out. It was the first time I'd ever thrown it out. And Sandra said something that has always stuck with me because she was the co- one of the co- co-coordinators of that conference. And she said, Kylie, you got to make time for wellness. Otherwise, you'll have to make time for illness. Mm. And I thought, oh, right. And, and yeah, you know, you, you've got all these deadlines carefully stacked up and, and everything is just so tight. There's no room to be sick. And I was thinking about that when I was in Uganda earlier this month and I was working 15 hour days and, you know, everything was just chaos and and just like, you know, perform, Mm -hmm. perform, output, output. And I thought, what do I do if I get sick? These people have flown me here. You know, there's all these expectations and it's just not an option. So I don't know. I mean, in terms of one of the things that I try to do as much as possible is I try to to walk walk to work and and walk home from work, particularly here. And that's where I find that I just get that time where my brain can just kind of debrief and and Mm -hmm. what's the word I'm thinking, decompress everything that it's Mm -hmm. been dealing with. And I often find that, I don't know about you, but I often find that I'll I'll have some of my best recommendations about Mm -hmm. a project, Mm -hmm. some of my best insights. You know, the, the more... The the more I leave it, the better that stuff kind of percolates to the top, right? Well, you know, I, I mean, great minds think alike because, I mean, that's what I was going to say is that the whole point isn't just that you're, you know, eating well, that you're getting exercise. I, I do find that the other flip side here is that with madness underway, um, it's so hard for us to stand back from our work and really make sure that the work isn't just meeting a deadline, but it's done with high quality. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. you know... Famous evaluators have said, you know, if you're going to write recommendations, if that's part of, you know, the work you're doing, one of the things we often don't do is leave enough time. We leave them to the end. And so I agree that you got to protect some time to kind of decompress or get a different perspective on things. And what I find helpful for that, too, and colleagues this week were saying the same is, is to really, you know, make sure you know who's on your team. And if you can have a team and if you're a team, you know, player, Share those kind of challenges and debrief with others as well. And so you don't feel isolated. You know, you're not all on your own with these deadlines, but you can also kick ideas around. And by talking about someone else's project, you know, um, it gives you some uh, different perspective. Yeah, you know, the, you raise a really interesting point. And I, I know when I first started consulting, I, I don't know how many years ago now, um, we didn't uh, we didn't have the PDF function, right? So I would be uh, I'd be working like usually the last two days before the deadline. I'd be in my pajamas for two days. Now I was single, living by myself, right? But it was just one of those flat out. <laughs> You know, you're not showering. You've got were they the polar the bear pajamas or yeah, exactly right. You had your the lucky pajamas on them. Yeah, the yeah, ones that you did the, your best writing in. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> I can't wash them until it's done all these and and then of course that you'd have to print it out a copy of the report and then the courier would come to the door and you'd be like you'd have to be really careful not to or open the door too wide so that he can you know see that you haven't showered and your apartment's a mess you know and you'd carefully slip this envelope out through the door but those two days were just characterized by just like flat out work and it's it was just producing producing without that reflection that's so important mm-hmm. for doing recommendations and and i i've i always um you know i'm still i'm still guilty of this where i would love in an ideal situation you'd finish your draft report and then you know you you put it away for a week and then you look at it a week later with fresh eyes mm-hmm. um but I must admit, now that I do, um, you know, these kind of data parties or results briefing with people, you you're forced to have those kind of draft recommendations, mm-hmm. and then you then you hash them out with all, all the stakeholders, and then you and then you go back and and write that uh, final report. But um, just just to build on another thing that you said. I have this wonderful wonderful assistant, Elaine Lahaki. Shout out to Elaine. Um, and, uh, you know, now we have this kind of working relationship where she will often take the first crack at the, at the analyses and then, and then we'll sit down and, and bring our both, you know, our ideas for recommendations. And it's great. It's really, really great to, to hash that out with another colleague as yeah. well. Yeah, you're reminding yeah. me just uh, that sometimes we forget to ask for help. And yeah. you know, I mean, I yeah. have a very small team, but um, excellent uh, colleagues. And yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, how if you forget to ask for help, well, who's really going to pitch in unless they can see you having a bit of a meltdown? And I imagine yeah. being a private consultant, if you're working from your home office, you know, you really have to make more of an effort uh, to reach out and, and, and find those supports as well. Yeah. You know, I guess the other thing that I was just going to say that you reminded me too is, you know, we're talking so much about the deadline of reporting. And again, back to, um, and I see from uh, uh, just recently, there's this whole evaluation conclave going on in Kathmandu. Geez, wish I was there. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. I know. that's another, we'll have to find out uh, a bit more about that and, and get somebody's uh, information on how that all went down. But I, I see he, sh- he Who Shall Not Be Named was there. And oh, was um, yeah, it was interesting. Um, uh, okay, for those who haven't heard what I'm not supposed to talk about, I'm talking about Michael Compatton, but Kylie doesn't like me to say <gasps> so. See, she doesn't no, like that. Well, he was presenting, and there was a someone was tweeting his sort of ten, I think it was new things in evaluation, and one of them that he, you know he said before that's um, relevant here is evaluation is a process, and people are learning through the process. It's not just about the report. And I might be you know taking that a little out of context, but um, the point is that once the report's done. Uh, you know, we have to remember that on April 1st and going forward, there's these wicked opportunities sometimes to actually have a meaningful conversation. And they present themselves, uh, you know, sometimes when you least expect it. I had one of those just last week. I mean, we're not in April yet, but I really wasn't expecting the opportunity that I had with executives to talk about some findings, and they were really engaged in it. And so, you know, we have to stand back and see this as a process we put time into already. Um, hopefully right. people have learned before this deadline um, and yeah. that there, there's going to be learnings uh, that happen after that. So not to place everything, you know, uh, you know, on the report and the deadline. Right. Right. What do you think about that? Um, I was just going to say about the. You're still thinking about Kathmandu. 
<laughs> well, I, I am just because I was I was glancing and Tessie Katsambas was tweeting every 30 seconds practically about points that were made by one of the keynote speakers. And I'm, I'm trying to think of his name now, but they were all great. They were all just really good. And I, I remember thinking, oh, I wish I was I wish I was there. And Lisa O'Reilly is there because yeah. her husband is now working in, in Pakistan. Yeah. Um, but you were saying about, you know, the stress. What do you do? And, and of course, I just procrastinate. <laughs> Well, who doesn't? Which is, well, but I think it's easier to procrastinate when you work at home. You know, you can jump up and make bran muffins and go weed your garden and stuff like that. But again, you know, I mean, my husband's always kind of slagging me for, for procrastinating because he works in the same office in the basement as I do. But when I go and weed the vegetable garden or something, I, I'm actually processing. I'm reflecting and processing and and then I'll, you know, I'm just getting over some kind of frustration hump. The mm -hmm. other thing, too, is, you know, you can have um, non-productive procrastination and you can have productive procrastination. Agreed. So this week I was having um, a little kind of, I had a little hump that I needed to get over and, and I couldn't. So I diverted my attention to filling out AEA proposals. And uh, that was quite fun. Yeah, you know, um, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I found that there's always some work to do. And I know I'm procrastinating when I'm sometimes doing things that are a little further down the priority list, either because they're easier or, you know, I can get them done. And, yeah. you know, I guess what I've sort of learned to do is, okay, if I've got 10 things on the list of priorities, don't do number 10 and number nine necessarily. You make sure if you don't want to do number one, at least do number two. You know, and then of course, mm. you know, the whole thing about procrastination, I felt a little bit of that yesterday was, you know, just sort of getting started and cracking the nut and where do I begin? Well, you know, begin yeah. anywhere. You know, I had a friend who really had trouble getting down to it. And I must admit, I, I suffer from this too, but he had this whole kind of obsessive compulsive routine where he went to the library a whole stack of Hello magazines and People <laughs> magazines, and then he took them back to his office, uh, and then he would read them in the living room, and then he would slowly kind of move himself closer to his desk, and then he would read them at his desk, and then he would kind of turn the computer on while he would still be reading them, and somehow <laughs> he would slowly, you know, make the transition. And for me, I, I, I feel like, you know, getting over that hump is like that kind of writer's block it it feels like i'm pushing a really big rock up a hill and and you know it's just agony getting it started and stuff but then you you kind of reach the top and and then you you reach a point where the rock goes over the 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 top of the hill and starts rolling down and then it picks up momentum and mm -hmm. then i'm like i don't want to shower i don't want to eat <laughs> i'm so into what i'm doing this is just fabulous you know and i can do this for 10 hours straight because you you've got something in it and you know you're seeing you're pulling together all of this work and these ideas in the last six months and everything is integrating and it you know it just feels kind of fabulous but um but uh, i must admit i'm one of those people that in my list of 10 things i look for the easiest thing because I feel this kind of sense of accomplishment and only when all of the easy things are done then I'm faced with this horrible number one thing at the top of my list and uh, you know I, I certainly the last thing I could do is advise anybody on time management but somehow I manage <laughs> I don't know <laughs> well I just I know we probably should be wrapping up James but something just occurred to me and uh, 
and, and I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but don't say you it. Know, I, no, I'll just, well, I'll just no. need to edit it out. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> That's right. People have never known that I have the ability to edit <laughs> stuff out. Mostly what Kylie says. That's not true. Okay, Kylie, oh, say yeah, something that I won't be editing out later. No, no, I I just want to share the benefit of my how many however many years of consulting. So I I start I went out on my own as ninety seven, and so I you know I don't have all the years of consulting that Gail, Gail Barrington does. But one of the things that I've kind of learned over time is that you know there's deadlines and then there's deadlines. And um, before I had kids. Um, I would stay up as long as I needed to, uh, you know, I'd pull an all-nighter, I'd be up till 3 o'clock to, to get something done. And and then all of a sudden I had kids and, you know, the whole work-life balance kind of got put into perspective and, uh, you know, there's very few things that would make me work really late or pull an all-nighter now because I've just kind of learned that I would Sometimes I would just kill myself making a deadline, and then I'd find out three days later that the client hadn't even looked at it. Oh and yeah. Think, well, oh yeah. Well, yeah, you know. that's a good point. Yeah, there's yeah. Certain, sometimes you need to negotiate a change in a deadline, but you're right. Sometimes it's really important to pop up and go, "Hey, how's your March Madness going? Are you actually going to read this report by this de- this deadline yeah. that we've talked about?" Or, oh, and then they say, "No, I'm actually going away on vacation." mid-April would be fine. And so that comes with a bit of wisdom and and years of practice. I've seen that too. Oh, totally. I I often used to make deadlines like Friday at 4 p.m. And then I realized that's pointless. Nobody's going to look at it at that point. I thought thought your advice was going to be? What? I thought you were going to say hire young people who haven't yet learned the uh, (laughs) hard work. That's right. (laughs) Oh, no, no. We Why isn't this done? <laughs> we we don't we don't want to pass on that kind of uh, that kind of work to our younger brethren. No, no, no. It, I mean, it's a hard one because because you. I mean, if you're if you are a consultant who's always missing deadlines or an evaluator, then of course your credibility goes down the tubes sure. and stuff like that. But I I I do feel a little bit more confident with this kind of age and maturity and experience to say you know look I'm I'm just not going to be able to make this or or whatever and and you're right the number of times where somebody says oh that's fine I'm swamped and and then you realize thank God I called right thank God know, I found that out and you know the other thing too is I don't know who you who else you work with but in my case I mean I'm often trying to pull in financial information. Uh, you know, utilization data from hospital databases, things that I need yeah. others to get for me. And so, yeah. you know, I, I, I always remember, you know, the whatever the bumper sticker or the sign that someone has up in the, their uh, their little offices, you know, your what is it? Something like your emergency is not my priority. And so I think a lot yeah. of a lot of the competency for us as evaluators amount around the management piece is really important that we don't impose our deadlines on others that we get to these other stakeholders or these people who have information that we need well in advance so that we don't yeah. pass on our pressure to them as well. Um, that's another way yeah. to, to burn your credibility is if you're always seen as the hair on fire person uh, showing up at the last minute, you know, saying, I need this data. Where is the data? And give me my, give me, give me that data. <laughs> 
Yeah. You're right. And and actually, um, having learned the hard way, I have a clause in my contracts that says, you know, XYZ organization agrees to provide all the necessary um, information and materials uh, by the date stipulated by Community Solutions, you know, in order to such and such. And so... It, so that I don't get tripped up not making their deadline because their people didn't get information to me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, listen, yeah. good chat. And I guess the last thing I'd say is that uh, I'm learning to do now with March Madness is uh, have our podcast conversations. It's good for de-stressing. <laughs> that's right. Nice little bit of therapy. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So listen, everybody who's listening, um, thank you again, as always, for listening. And if you want to reach us, you can contact Kylie or myself or both of us together uh, at uh, our email, adventuresinevaluationpodcast at gmail.com. Send us your email uh, thoughts, uh, your, your uh, letters of support, your suggestions for topics, or your words of protest. Uh, we will take all of those. Um, the other way to reach us, of course, is to go to our website, uh, adventures and evaluation uh, dot .com. and there you can either post a, a comment in the box or uh, click on the contact us button there too well listen Kylie I hope you uh, have a great uh, month of March uh, we'll be uh, chatting again soon Kylie enjoy the rest of your night yeah see you later okay take care bye bye bye